You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Our scripture reading is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9 from the Common English Bible. Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Jesus Christ. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, and all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learn, receive, heard or saw in us. The God of peace be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you for reading our scripture, Dainty. So this week, 10 years ago, my spouse Greg and I adopted our first dog. He was a beagle from a rescue group, and he was seven, eight years old. We weren't quite sure. And we went to pick him up, and he was so nervous that he was shaking the entire ride home. I ended up sitting in the back seat with him, hoping it would help calm him down a little bit. And when I gave him a big hug, he was a little less anxious. But he was so nervous for those first few weeks in our home. And every time I sat on the floor, he would come over and try to curl up with me because it gave him some comfort. I remember how he started to feel more at peace, except when a storm would roll in. And he would again come running to be close to me. I am so grateful for that pet for many reasons, but because he helped me clarify my understanding of this scripture. The text that Dainty just read for us said, be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Before knowing Franklin, the dog, I assumed that the emphasis was on giving thanks by rejoicing because God is near. But after living with Franklin and watching how he would calm down when he could be close to me, I looked at that text a little differently. I saw the link between the Lord is near and don't be anxious about anything. Because the Lord is near to us, we can lift up all of our worries in prayer. Because the Lord is near to us, when we are anxious, when we are worried, we can find comfort. 
Now, I know that there are some folks who struggle with an anxiety disorder who may still feel God's presence and also be mired in anxiety. And God has blessed this world with so many gifts and tools to help folks with that. One of those is actually a psychiatric service dog. For people who qualify for this service, it is a dog who is trained to provide what they call deep pressure therapy. This treatment relies upon the dog's physical presence and the ability to provide mild but consistent pressure, usually on the torso of the person who's in distress. And it can be an incredibly life-changing experience for both children and adults alike. I've read stories about children with autism who could not attend public school, but by having a psychiatric service dog, they were finally able to manage the stress and anxiety of being in school because the dog could help them calm down when their bodies couldn't get calm on their own. The presence of that dog could help them find comfort and calm. I know for others, there are breathing techniques and meditation practices that help to manage anxiety. And that sounds very similar to what Paul says to us. Don't be anxious about anything, but rather bring your requests to God in prayer and petition along with giving thanks. So when we pause to pray to God, our breathing changes when we still our bodies to open our hearts to the presence of God, we breathe deeper, we breathe slower. These techniques are ones that people learn to help manage anxiety. So already Paul was telling people, pray, do the thing with your body that calms your body so that you can detect God is near to you. And when we know the peace of God, we then can experience the joy of giving thanks for God's presence. It's so busy in our world. It's so many things, whether it's work or school or even volunteering for wonderful things, that sometimes we can forget to have that regular daily practice of quieting ourselves down to connect with the peace of God and to give thanks for God's presence in our lives. As Paul said, we rejoice because God is near. This week, when we uh, gather around tables in the U.S. to celebrate Thanksgiving, it's an opportunity to pause and give thanks. It's something that we aren't always very good at doing. It's so easy to be distracted by the concerns and the worries of the world because there are so many of them. But I think about the practice of giving thanks every day as an opportunity to tune our hearts to sing God's praise. That's a phrase that comes to us from the hymn, Come Thou Font of Every Blessing. If you ever heard an instrument being tuned, I know a few of you play banjos, a few of you play guitars. I know Barbara and I have heard pianos being tuned. For those stringed instruments, It takes a long time to get each string in exactly the tune that we want. And then over time, those strings fall out of tune. It happens sometimes because of the humidity in a room. And so you'll see at a professional concert as a musician changes from one guitar to another, if it was tuned two hours ago, they might still need to tune it again just a little bit. 
It's so easy for a string to fall out of tune. It is so easy for our hearts to fall out of tune. So I think one of the ways that we tune our hearts to sing God's praise is by practicing regular discipline of giving thanks. Now, there are different ways to do this. There's a book by Ann Voskamp entitled 1,000 Gifts. And in this book, she talks about how her life changed when she began the practice of noticing God and giving thanks in the ordinary moments of her life. And over the course of one year, she wrote down 1,000 different expressions of gratitude for what God had done in her life. Noticing grace in her family, noticing grace around her in her everyday, ordinary life allowed her to change her life. In the same way, we can choose to notice what God is doing in the ordinary, everyday moments of our lives. One of the practices that I have found really helpful in my life is the prayer of examine. Now, many folks will pray this prayer at the end of a day as a review of the day. When I was on my retreat earlier this year, we were encouraged to pray this prayer four different times to notice what God had done before breakfast, before lunch, before dinner, and then before going to bed. So that was a very intense experience. And I will say that now that I'm home and I'm not on retreat, I am not praying the prayer of examine four times a day. But I do find it important to pray it every day. And there's five basic steps. They're not very complicated. First, We acknowledge God's presence. We celebrate that God has come near to us, and we know that God is alive and well and working in our lives. And then we decide to review the day in a posture of gratitude. This is a choice. It is so easy at the end of a long, hard, frustrating, sad, grief-filled day to look and not find anything. But if we choose to review the day from a posture of gratitude, we will find something to give thanks to God for. The next thing is important, though. We recognize both consolation, the joy of God's presence close to us, and also desolation. We name and acknowledge where we felt like God was far from us. And that is why this prayer is so powerful for me. It is not about ignoring the pain, ignoring the grief, ignoring the distance sometimes I feel from God. It is about noticing and naming it in my prayer, because then the next step is to choose one of those moments of desolation to pray into, to talk with God, to say, God, in that moment of this event, you felt very far from me. Or in that moment, I was very angry, and when I'm angry, I don't feel close to God. And we choose to pray about that. And then we conclude the prayer of examine with hope for tomorrow. We give thanks to say to God, even in that moment when I was angry, when I was sad, when I felt like you were far away, when the world felt like it was falling apart, God, I know that you were with me. And I hope that tomorrow I will see you even closer to me. There are different ways to notice this consolation and desolation. You can ask yourself, what am I most grateful for? That's the basic. But you can also ask yourself, where did I feel the most alive today? Where did I feel my energy draining out of me? Where did I feel the most joy and where did I feel the most sorrow? 
There are different ways to notice where you felt God close to you and where you felt God's distance. Even in those moments of desolation, God is present to us. It is just our experience of that moment is where we are closed off. And that's why we have to constantly tune our hearts so that we can be in touch with God's presence even in the hard moments. Now, this coming week, we will celebrate Thanksgiving. And there are many folks who have a tradition of naming what they're grateful for that had not been part of the Thanksgiving traditions I grew up with or I married into. But in 2020, we had to rethink all the traditions because of our COVID isolation. And anxiety was very high for all of us. I don't know about you, but our Thanksgiving crew was very anxious. And so there was someone in that group who actually introduced this practice of naming something that we were grateful for that year. And so we went around our little Zoom boxes because we were all having Thanksgiving spread out in our own homes. But I will say what a gift that was to be able to say what I was thankful for that year. Because even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of stress and anxiety of the world, there were so many things to name, to give thanks to God for. So this week, no matter what your tradition has been with your family or your friends or your chosen family, I encourage you, if you don't already have this practice, to be the one who invites the others at your table to say, let's pause for a moment. Let's give thanks for what God has done in our lives. And it might be an opportunity for you to see where God has been at work in the good and wonderful, joyful things, but also to hear how God has been faithful in the hard challenges that your friends or your family have lived through this year. It may not be the big, extraordinary things that people name, but the ordinary, everyday moments of life. Friends, it is such a joy to gather and to give thanks. As Paul said, let us be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say, be glad. Let's give thanks this week and always. Amen.